This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. Welcome back to Unsigned and Independent, Episode 4. As you've hopefully heard in the first three episodes, everyone's story and journey to get to Nashville has been so different. One of the goals for Kevin on the show of Unsigned and Independent is to let the listeners know that these artists haven't always had the dream of moving to Nashville to become a musician. Leaving a steady job and choosing a path of uncertainty away from home is not easy. But on this show, these artists tell Kevin why they've never looked back with regrets since moving to Nashville. Also, being on the road as an independent artist can be difficult for these musicians because they have to do everything themselves. So that's what Kevin does. He dives into some of the best and worst stories of what they've had to deal with. Please share this with a friend. It's a brand new show, Unsigned and Independent, and the artist is Tom O'Connor this week. He has a song with Luke Combs. He's a former lobbyist in Washington, D.C., turned artist, and he didn't pick up an instrument until after high school. He is Unsigned and Independent, and the show starts now. Hey, this is Kevin O'Connell. Welcome back to Unsigned and Independent. This is episode four. And on this episode, we have Tom O'Connor. Tom and I met through some mutual friends out here in Nashville at an event one night. And Tom started telling me some stories about being on the road with some artists, writing a song with Luke Combs, becoming a lobbyist, now a musician. And I had to stop him in his tracks and I said, hey, hold on. I got a podcast coming. I'd love for you to be on it, man. Let's get together. Let's sit down. And we finally got to do that. So I think you'll enjoy this. Tom's a great guy. He's got great music. Make sure you follow him on social media at Tom O'Connor Music. Make sure you follow me as well at Kickoff Kevin. And thanks for supporting the first three episodes of Unsigned and Independent. Make sure you share these on social media as well and support these artists, support their music. They're on a grind, and it's really cool to hear their stories. And with that being said, let's get to episode four with Tom O'Connor. Tom, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, doing good. Thanks for coming on here. Glad we get to sit down. We've been trying to do this for a little while now, yeah, uh, a few months, and we finally got it on the books, and look at us. Here we are. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank uh, you for having me. Of course, of course. So I want to dive right into your story here, Tom. You're from New York, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, being 
Binghamton? Yeah. Is that how you say that? Yep, Binghamton, New York. Okay, okay. Kind of like smack dab in the middle of the state, you know, like uh, an hour south of Syracuse and then an hour north of Scranton, Pennsylvania, where they make the uh, the office. Okay, well, how long have you been in Nashville then? I've been in Nashville. I just hit my nine-year anniversary. Nine years, yes. almost a decade. I know. Has it flown by so far? Yeah, it's 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 so fast. I mean, it seems like just yesterday I was moving here. And I mean, I look at the clock and or the calendar and the clock. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, it just yeah, it just flew by. When you first moved here, did you come here for a reason, or did you just move here and just say, "Hey, I'm just going to give this a shot"? What was your mindset? Yeah, a hundred percent. Kind of a little weird backstory. I used to be a lobbyist in Washington D.C. What? Yeah, it's kind of crazy story. I mean, I, I tell most people here, and they look at me like I have two heads, and then they think it's like super interesting. Um, but yeah, I came out of college and uh, I moved to Washington D.C. and worked in government affairs, and uh, I did that for a little while. And uh, music was kind of a hobby at that point, and um, I had started kind of doing what I would call like the Virginia rock thing, um, you know, influenced by like the Dave Matthews and the John Mayers and uh, everything that I was doing there, and and, and it evolved as to much more than a hobby and uh, started kind of doing like the 95 corridor thing. And we were playing shows from like Boston down to Charlotte and on the weekends and kind of being the weekend warrior that just kind of took off as much more than a hobby. And um, I knew kind of Nashville was the place to be, you know, I I initially came here to be a writer. I thought the artist kind of thing was, had passed me by. And then, you know, I came down here and got into some good circles and uh, was with like Luke Combs and Tyler Reeve and Rob Snyder and Channing Wilson early on. And, um, it really kind of opened the door to be an artist again or or pursue that as something legitimate. Did they tell you, hey, you should get into back being an artist or did it kind of just come on your own? Um, it kind of came on my own. I mean, like when I first came down here the first year or two, all I did was write and I missed playing. Um, but the opportunities presented themselves and the climate completely changed. I mean, you know, I'm a bigger bearded guy. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, like when I came here, it was like kind of the pretty boy thing and the bro country thing and um but i think you know guys like luke combs and chris stapleton changed all of that and yeah. it became much more about you know songs and performance and vibe and relating to you know kind of everyday blue collar culture and um it just broadened the the genre and it, it wasn't kind of just always the beachy feel good you know tailgate thing and um you know and i think that opened the door for it and i had a lot of other artists that i was uh friends with around town and some big artists and they encouraged me to uh, get out and start playing again and put out some music um, of my own. And, you know, luckily uh, we put a little project out in 2017 and it, it blew up, you know, beyond my wildest dreams. But um, that kind of really paved the way for where we're at now. And that project you're talking about was a song with Luke Combs, is that correct? <clears throat> yeah, it was um, It was a uh, six-song EP that uh, we put out. And uh, Luke and I and Ray Fulcher co-wrote one of the songs on there. Uh, and he was gracious enough to sing on it, and uh, it was probably the perfect time, kind of right before uh, Hurricane uh, hit number one, his first his first number one, and um, it really kind of blew up virally. We put that out with no promotion or no nothing. I just kind of wanted to have music out so that if I went out and played a show with, you know, a pal um, or opened up a show that I had, you know, some music for people to take home with them or consume, and, um, you know, just kind of blew up, really. That song, it's called Deserve, is that correct? That, yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's a song on the EP with yeah, Luke yeah, Combs. Yeah. That's, that's your the big, one that's definitely that, done the best. I was going to say, that's obviously <laughs> your biggest song, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you ask Luke to sing on that with you, or did he say, hey, I'm going to do this with you? We wrote. I it. asked him, yeah. Okay. it was. Uh, we had written it together, and he sang on the demo, and I was like, man, I think I'm going to put this song out, and recorded it, and 
I said, man, I really love the way he sang it. I said, I wonder if he would do it with me. I asked and, uh, graciously he agreed to do it or he, he let me put it out. And, um, you know, it kind of went from there. You know, the one agreement that I made with them was that I, you know, wouldn't push it to radio as a single or anything. And, you know, which, you know, I was totally cool with that wasn't even on my radar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was pre Luke Combs of what he is today. Right. I mean, he was, yeah, it was right as it was taken off, you know, yeah. like I think I put that song out in February of 2017 and uh, we were all together in Key West in May at the Key West Songwriters Festival. And Hurricane had just hit number one three months later when we were, you know, yeah, when we were all together down there. And, um, you know, so I think it was out on radio at that time when I put it out. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, no, you know everybody knew Luke was going to be awesome and he was going to be very successful, but I don't think anybody thought. That's what I was going to ask, and not that well, it was going to be, you know, to the right. I'm <laughs> stature not stature. I'm, say, I'm not going to make this. The world. <laughs> I'm not going to make this a Luke Combs thing, but I just think it's yeah. interesting getting a, a perspective from yours, where you were with him before, your songwriting with him before. Yeah, and he's a down to earth guy. Um, he's been in here in the studio before. Sure, he's known as a great guy. So I just want to get your perspective as far as. When you're writing songs with him before he ever blew up and then you're sitting there and then you see his success take off and you've had your own success, but different kind of success. Mm -hmm. What's that been like for you to see that happen on your side? It's, I mean, it's incredible just to even have been a, a small part of whatever that journey is or that he's been on. And, and it's definitely provided inspiration for me and probably a million other people in this town, you know, to, to pursue this. And it's, um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible to be honest. That's pretty awesome cuz not a lot of people can say that. No. You, know, you can't say I mean I was I was sitting with Luke Combs 6 7 years ago writing songs with him and and here he is and he's still inspiring me till this day cuz I can see it in your you know in your face and hear it in your voice where yeah. you you know it, it's it's uh, a big part of your life I guess as part of as a musician. For sure, for sure. That's and he's paved the way for a lot of, you know, a lot of necessary not necessarily, you know, mainstream artist um i I think you know mm -hmm. yeah no, i agree well going back to your lobbyist days i want to ask <laughs> you uh what are some similarities and differences then like comp the music industry compared to the dc lobbyist <laughs> uh, the good and the bad you know do you see any similarities or differences or did that help you at all oh absolutely it's it's definitely a networking town um and and you know uh the dc the whole dc um I don't even know what you want to call it nowadays, but mm -hmm. it's all networking. It's all about relationships and uh, music industry and really all industries is, you know, it's all about the relationships and networking. I think um, definitely a little bit more cutthroat in DC and I'm certainly glad I'm not there now. Uh, the political climate is much different than it was uh, when I was there. Um, but yeah, certainly similarities in terms of um, you have to realize that everything is a business for one, if you're going to do it for a living. Um, I think that kind of, makes you treat the music industry as, you know, hey, it's like I'm here in Nashville now. This isn't just like a hobby anymore. I, you know, there really is a business behind it and a, and a massive machine behind it. Um, and I think that, you know, being in D.C. sort of kind of prepared you for that and certainly not on the same level, but, you know, definitely some similarities for sure. Was that eye-opening to you when you moved to Nashville and you realized, okay, yeah, this is a business as well. This isn't just, you know, we're going to go out and play for fun. And Or did you already know that, have that mindset coming in? I had that mindset coming in. Um, the one thing that I think I, I, I didn't anticipate was, you know, if you live in Nashville, there's like no escape. I mean, 
everywhere you go, it's uh, you know, it's it's it turns into music business at some point, you know? Yeah. Like if you go out to the bar and have a couple drinks, you're you're definitely gonna end up talking uh music business or shop with somebody. I mean, um, you know, or if you go out to dinner, you're gonna bump into somebody or pretty much everywhere you go, like you can't you can't really get away from it. Um so that was definitely an adjustment. And I think the other thing, too, is like when you realize when you're not writing ne- necessarily just for it to be um, cathartic or to be, um, you know, just just for fun, you know, when you you have to go write every day. And, you know, certainly times that it's uh, you realize that it's a business and that, you know, hey, this is my job. But on the same token, it's like this is my job. Mm-hmm. How amazing is this? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I'd certainly much rather be doing this than anything else than, you know, being stuck behind a desk or, you know, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Have you had your Broadway days out here yet? Did you do that early on? No. You don't, you don't really play there, do you? I don't do Broadway. I I, uh, I feel like I kind of did that before I moved here. I played a lot of the, the cover bar gigs, okay. you know, um, and I, you know, when I came here, you know, like I said, I just kind of wanted to be a writer at first and, um. I didn't want to do the Broadway thing, man. It's a grind. Uh, cheers to the guys that do it. Mm. And you, you know, you can make a good living doing that. And it's just, you know, I don't know. Just I want to play my songs and you know do my thing. And you know, that's you know, that's not for me. Interesting, because you're the first person I've had on here where you you've never really played on Broadway, never not been bad or part of your stick, I guess, which is to each their own. So. Has that been a struggle for you at all? Because I, I know you make a killing on Broadway, but you have the mindset of you want to play what you want to play and not just cover songs the whole time. Yeah. So is that is that also a popular thing out here? Do artists come out here and have that mindset, or are you kind of the only guy that you've talked to over the years? No, I, I think there's certainly there's many different paths to you know success in this industry or to make it work for you. And um, you know, I think just like anything else right now, you want to diversify, you know, your income streams and, um, do little things and what makes you happy. And I think there's a lot of people that came here and had the same mentality or maybe were even more stubborn than I was, um, and didn't want to compromise at all. And, you know, some of those people were able to find their way through it. And some of those people are not here anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the other thing is, you know, being here 10 years, there's so many people that came to do this, um, that are gone. you see, you see so many people come and gone. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think there's a bunch of different paths. I don't know if that answered the question. I think we kind of got a little off, but. No, I, that's all right. Though. But, I mean, that's but, what I was, it's, it's just interesting to hear that because, like I said, you're the first person I've heard say that. So it's a different <clears> path, which is, yeah, it, it's cool to hear. Like there's not, Broadway's not the only way to try to make it out here. Yeah. And I think there's plenty of people that didn't and don't and have incredible careers. You've been on a lot of tours. I don't know if I've been on a lot of tours. I've, I've been out on a lot of shows with a lot of different people. Or at okay. least not full tours. Okay, pieces maybe not of tours. years. I'm saying, yeah. but you've been on. Okay, let me rephrase that. You've been on the road a lot. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. And you've had countless nights. I'm sure, good and bad. Oh yeah. So I have to ask, what do you? What pops in your head when I say, "Hey, what is the probably the worst night that you've had on the road where you thought to yourself, like, is this really what I want to do? Like, <laughs> did I really pursue the right thing here? Do you well, have a good story for that? Yeah, I probably have a couple. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of them over the years. Yeah, I'm sure. This is one thing, too, is like, you know, especially being an independent artist, like being on the road, you have to anticipate that everything that can go wrong will. And, you know, at times it does, sometimes more often than you'd like. We had one recently where, you know, we, we flew out to Austin and 
um, the headliner that we were playing with. I don't want to say who, who it was, but uh, they canceled the show while we were in sound check. And, you know, I flew a band out and um, had hotels and expenses and, you know, got got hit on that one pretty hard. And uh, and you booked all that yourself, right? And I booked don't... that all myself, yeah. So there was that one. I was out on the road a couple of years ago with uh, William Clark Green and Josh Abbott, and I had drove up to the play the show, and it was just an acoustic, and I think I drove up to Ohio, and we were at the Dusty Armadillo, and that was the first show of the run, and we were playing in Indy the next day at 8 Second Saloon, and uh, I drove with all my gear and everything, and they said, hey, why don't you ride the bus with us? And I was like, how am I going to get back and get my car? And, you know, after a few drinks and hanging out after the show, they're like, oh, we'll worry about it later. And, <laughs> uh, so uh, Will's tour manager actually, or his manager actually, got me a flight home from Indy or back to Ohio to get my car. And, uh, you know, we went and, you know, continued to party on the bus on the way to, to, to Indianapolis and, um, you know, really had a miserable next day. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, finally, you know, go to fly back to Indy and I'm, I'm looking at my flight. I'm like, cool. I'm going to get back there a reasonable hour. I can drive home to Nashville uh, only to see that the flight had me cause it was probably the cheapest flight had bounced me around. Oh, I flew right. to Charlotte and then Atlanta and then back up to Cleveland and then had to take like, uh, you know, a pretty expensive Uber from the, uh, airport to the, to the venue to get my car. And then I was like, now I got to drive home. Oh. And it was, uh, that one made me question. And I'm like, I don't, you know. Have you ever hit that point where you're like, I, I don't know if I want to keep doing this or are you in this for good? You think? I'm always going to do it. Uh, I think we all tell ourselves that and get to that point at different times. And that was kind of one of the other things that I discovered when I, when I came here and, and being friends with a lot of bigger artists and, and people across the spectrum of the, uh, the industry is like, um, I always thought that like, Hey, if you got to a certain point and you were successful and you were making money and making your living that, you know, that goes away and it, and it doesn't, I've talked to some of the biggest artists on the planet and they, you know, they have doubts at times. I hear them confide in me at different times and be like, Hey, I don't know if I should do this anymore. I think I'm done or this or that. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of these people are mega, mega successful. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that, you know, it's, Hey, that's just natural in the industry that we're in. It's always a roller coaster. That's not your regular nine to five job. So, you know, there's a lot of highs and lows. So I think on some level, I'll always question it, but I, I know deep down I'll always do it. You like that roller coaster, though? I don't know if anybody loves that part of it. But you almost but have I mean, to have like I, a different mindset. You have to know and, and thrive off of it, the ups and the downs and the yes and the no's. Yeah, you totally have to adapt and learn to be okay with it. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've come a long way. I wouldn't say I'm 100% there, <laughs> but I don't know if anybody is. Is that something that you've... Have you developed that at all? Like, has it gotten like thicker skin for that over the years? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and you have to have it if you want to do music. I mean, um, you just have to, I mean, cause you're going to hear no way more than yeah. you're going to have a, a, a yes, or there's going to be a hundred things that you do wrong before you get a really good moment. Uh, or, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, but I mean, you just have to take a lot of that criticism or knows with a grain of salt and you know take the emotion out of it sometimes it stings when somebody says something like right in the beginning but um if you take the step back after the you know the initial shock of somebody saying something or not liking something you know oftentimes they're right about their feedback mm -hmm. i've learned that over the years i think that's part of it too is like when somebody tells you something it's not because they're trying to put you down they are really trying to point out why you know, it's like, not hey, personal. 
No, and that, and you and you have to make it not personal, and that's the hardest thing. Right. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to what we do, because we're creative and we're sensitive, and like, it's <laughs> like, hey, you know, it means you think it's the best thing in the world, and somebody's like, nah, you know. You're independent. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you plan on sticking with, staying with, or are you feeling it out and riding the wave as it goes? And if something comes along, um, I'm taking it as it comes. I mean, I I certainly would love to find the right partners. Um, I've had a lot of different opportunities over the years to uh, work with different folks, and it just hasn't been the right fit for me and for what I want to do. And um, I've had the luxury of, you know, being able to make a living and being able to make um, enough revenue off of what I'm doing that um, anybody that I kind of partner with, I want it to be a partnership and I want them to have, you know, believe in what I'm doing and um, be able to take it to the next level and, and do something with it. Um, So, yeah, I I totally, I think more so in the last few years, I think I certainly have spent the first part of my time in Nashville kind of finding my identity and, you know, developing my craft and getting to the point where, I think I'm, you know, a package that's ready to succeed with, with somebody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely open to working with other, you know, whether it be labels or whether it be whoever. Mm. Yeah, If the right opportunity comes along. Absolutely. You never want to take the wrong deal. I've seen too many people in this town, you know, sign the wrong record deals or work with the wrong people and, and they're screwed and their career is pretty much over. Or they're, you know, on hiatus for years because they... um you know, they got in bed with the wrong folks. Yeah, I'm sure that happens uh, quite often, actually, actually, out here. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. And it can get ugly. Yeah. Well, what's going on with you in the future here? In the near future, you got anything big planned or? Yeah. Um, you got any singles or music coming out, anything like that? Yeah, so I just finished a project with uh, uh, a producer, Paul Ebersol, who just did uh, the Morgan Wade record with Sadler. And... Um, he did a lot, all the three doors down stuff back in the day and, uh, sister Hazel and a lot of this, a lot of this nineties rock stuff that I really love too. And, um, is heavily influenced in my music. Um, so yeah, so we just did a project, um, literally just finished it, hoping to put out the first song. I would say in the first quarter of next year, really excited for people to hear it. I think it's the best stuff that I've ever done or ever put out. I want to leave you with this final question here. Cause you're a guy that had a, completely different path that you're going down being a lobbyist in Washington, D.C. And now you're making music and performing in Nashville for the last nine years. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to say if somebody's listening to this and, you know, they're doing a job that they just don't really enjoy and they want to go pursue something, whether it's music or anything else, what would your advice to them be? Life is too short. Go do it. I mean, you know, save up as much money as you can where you're at and, and, and make the, make the jump and, you know, if you really love it and you really believe in it, you'll make it work. You know, I mean, if that means working side jobs or, or doing, you know, whatever it takes, you know, borrowing money from, you know, family or friends or whatever, just to get yourself off the ground. Um, but yeah, just go all in. I mean, I think one of my biggest regrets was not doing it sooner. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was afraid to jump from that, you know, nine to five job where I had the security of health insurance and um, regular salary. And, you know, I waited probably a couple of years too long in my opinion, but you know, just do it. I don't have any regrets looking back. I should have done it other than not doing it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I, yeah, life's too short, man. I love do what it. makes you happy, you know, and it's, you know, life's not always about 
the biggest paycheck. And, you know, if you love what you do, I mean, quality and happiness in life is a whole lot more important. Love it. Love it. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Tom, I appreciate you coming in here. If you're on social media, make sure you follow him at Tom O'Connor Music. Is that correct? Yep. All O's, no E's. All O's, no E's. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like I said, O'Connell, O'Connor, we got the Irish boys in here, man. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we got to do this. Of course, of course. Best of luck with everything moving forward. Looking forward to all your work in the future here. And let's do this again sometime. Definitely. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Tom. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.